For students across Davis, the first day of school brought some extra typing, a lot more screen time, and was accompanied by a detailed reopening guide for DJUSD families. With the entirety of instruction being online, instead of making the early morning commute to their respective school campuses, Davis students simply rolled out of bed to begin instruction over Zoom. The coronavirus has impacted every aspect of the education system, with teachers having to adapt to virtual instruction and administrators having to redesign school structure to meet community needs and health and safety guidelines. The counseling department has also been forced to combat a new onslaught of challenges. Davis High Counselor Kathy Parker reflects on the evolving needs of students. Well, it certainly has impacted that we can't see students in our office, which I think is a different dynamic than, you know, over Zoom and on the phone. So it's difficult to really assess students' needs. It's probably harder for students to express their needs. Um, So it feels like there's kind of this bit of a black hole of knowing what people need. Anne Morau is also a counselor at DHS and agrees that communication has been difficult during such trying times. However, she is aware of the array of possibilities technology brings. All the nonverbal communication is huge. That's a huge loss in terms of communicating. But in terms of adapting, I mean, (laughs) we now know how to do WebEx and Zoom and uh, texting through Google Voice. Um, And so there's all that technology. That's been, for me, a huge learning curve but certainly have to adapt to it, like how to reach out and communicate. Since the health guidelines mandated all interactions be online, the counseling department at DHS has seen a decline in appointment requests. Morale urges students to tap into the counseling resources available and to seek assistance. I think for me, one of the, the biggest things I want students to remember is that we still are accessible. Yes, it's not in person, but yes, it's a, we are available for a Zoom. We are available for a phone call. So it's not a new resource, but just even though we can't gather on the same campus and space, that we still are here. Parker also hopes that students will consider further investing in their education by taking advantage of other academic resources made available by DHS. I see little glimmers of helpfulness with, like, you know, the academic center is really trying to support this piece. You know, I'm trying to encourage students, if you've got a heavy load, you're struggling with calculus, use the tutors. Maybe you wouldn't in the past, but now is the time to use that help to help get, you know, if you have three heavy classes, maybe there's these other supports that are out there that we should use. To, to get through it. According to the DJUSD website, much of the planning and preparation will be accomplished through action teams that are helping to revise instructional structures, consider reopening options, and design professional development to support those expectations. Counselors were among those split into seven action teams prior to the 2020-2021 school year. Parker was involved with the social emotional learning and wellness team. We would brainstorm what do we think the needs are going to be and how can we meet them for social-emotional. Based on surveys, health and safety guidelines, and lengthy discussion, the quarter block schedule was adopted by the school board for all junior high and high school campuses within DJUSD. 
meaning in quarter one and quarter three, students will be taking their second, fourth, and sixth periods, while in quarter two and quarter four, students will be receiving instruction from their first, third, fifth, and seventh period teachers. Parker was not personally involved in the final decision. However, she was able to gather some main takeaways surrounding the new structure. Quarter block helps, um, first of all, because it's distance learning, there's only a focus on three classes. Um, because this is all so strange right now, they thought that would be helpful. You connect with only three teachers, so you're a, more of a relationship is built. And that's really needed right now because of distance learning. And then I think I also heard them say it was, if we do go back, it's more socially distanced to have the quarter block because you only have three classes at a time. Morale also stresses the quarter block schedule's ability to cater towards an eventual phased return back to campus. However, Parker explains the new structure is far from perfect. They definitely talked about, you know, what about like math and language and those that need consistency and they were hoping to build in some some supports for that so they noticed that it wasn't a perfect science indeed the quarter block schedule is receiving criticism from math music and language teachers spanish and english language teacher janice condelario has taught language at dhs since 2002 and was not pleased with the final decision this this schedule i knew nothing about it and i thought i was paying attention until I got a message from a colleague in another department that just the day before this decision was made, uh, sent to me um, saying, this is the schedule that being on tomorrow. So I shared that little bit of gossip with my department and everybody was, couldn't believe it. They're, oh my gosh. And um, so, a few people that had time that evening wrote letters to the board, but they still voted for, I think they kind of had it in their minds that they wanted this quarter one, quarter three schedule. Um, but I know that the math, foreign language, world language, and music uh, are don't, didn't like the schedule. Condelario foresees a major setback for students enrolled in language classes this year because with major gaps in required language practice, most students will be unable to continue cultivating their language skills. Part of language is like a daily practice. If you go a week without speaking it, you already are losing it. So for these kids that have, you know, two months in 10th language, and then all of a sudden they have none for two months, um, those those kids who are very mo highly motivated, which aren't too many, they might do some additional practice on the side, but most of them won't, and I'm not allowed to require them to do anything on the side. So they're losing they're losing their language during those two months. Um, I I also now I'm teaching EL, so I have these students that are learning English that will have the, the daily English lesson, but then they'll have two or three months where they just won't have any English at all. And, and that's going to be very detrimental to them as well. Although Condelario is far from enthusiastic about the new schedule, she is aware of the reasoning behind the district's decision. For, for language, I see that it's not good and I, it's, it's not a, an ideal schedule. However, 
I do see the value in keeping it a little bit more simple for the students and the teachers by having uh, less classes to be opening and closing, to having to, to having go to with our seven uh, period schedule um, at this school, I think it would be too crazy to try to make the students meet every day. In an attempt to preserve her students' proficiency, Condelario plans to start a Spanish club for her AP students during their quarters off. In addition to the challenges of courses requiring consistency, the quarter block schedule has raised other concerns surrounding unbalanced course loads. There's a lot of anxiety about what are the, the shortcomings, like the gaps, you know, of across the whole year having math. Um, there are concerns about 135 being intense, highly rigorous academic courses, you know, depending on your schedule, and then the next quarter having very light, um, and perhaps a lack of engagement in those. So those are concerns, absolutely. I certainly empathize and feel for those challenges. It's not, it's not easy. Despite the concerns that accompany the new structure, Parker encourages people to approach all the changes with an open mind. I think it's hard because we, we have an idea of what it used to be, and it's a constant like, well, this isn't like that. I see the teachers really going above and beyond and um, doing the best they can, and as, you know, I've just have an appreciation for that because I know it's hard and whatever we do it's um, it's going to be different but I feel like there's a lot of positives in just that they are stepping up and it seems to not be so overwhelming for some students to have just three Um, I think some like Miss Morales said the, the balance is hard if you have your heavier classes one quarter and you're you know that is that's that part that it's just not going to be perfect um, but I feel like it's carrying us it's carrying us through this in a way that students are learning and getting um, you know we're doing the best that we can with the situation this is Katrina Hawes reporting Building community on a new campus without actually physically being on campus is a challenge unique to this school year. Many 7th graders embarking on their junior high journey and sophomores beginning their high school experience this year were looking forward to exploring a new campus and forming new connections. Davis schools are addressing this transition in a variety of ways. Jihan Moon has the story. DJUSD teachers are working to ease students' transitions from elementary to junior high and junior high to high school while online. They are accomplishing this by adapting their classes and adjusting pre-existing orientation programs, Web and Link. Holmes Web Coordinator Jennifer Diaz and DHS Link Coordinator Bill Williams started planning for the possibility of an online orientation well before it was made official. May, we met with the Web leaders and kind of gave them a heads up that orientation could 
potentially be virtual or it could be a hybrid or in person. We really didn't know at that point. Like early July, we pretty much knew it was going to be online and devoted all the plans for that. While most years, Davis's different web programs don't interact with each other, this year Diaz and Harper web coordinator Dossie Hogger reached out to each other to compare their plans. I emailed one of the web coordinators there and asked her how they were going to do orientation. Our team at Homes, we talked about having that large orientation and then doing breakout rooms. They also were going to do the breakout rooms. This was uncharted territory. We didn't know how to set up certain things. I was struggling with the pre-assigned groups, the pre-assigned breakout rooms that ended up not working anyways. As they were adjusting their plans for orientation, web and link coordinators had to decide on what they had to change. There were some obvious changes, such as switching out activities and games for ones that could be translated to a virtual platform. However, some weren't as clear-cut, as Hogger explains. Usually they would finish off with a campus tour, but we couldn't do a tour. Can't even go on campus. We showed a video, it was more like a slideshow so the kids could see their seventh grade teachers or teachers they may have while they're at Harper. From the student perspective, results were mixed. Seventh grader Katie Moon praised her web orientation at Holmes Junior High, while sophomore Caitlin Reeves had an awkward experience. They made it so that it wasn't boring. We did a lot of fun activities with the web leaders and it made a safe environment. I was like the only one who had my camera on and I felt really awkward and somebody asked a kid what they wanted to what world record that they want to break and they said most people cannibalized and I was like I think I'm in the wrong place. As the school year started some of the students anxieties about attending a new school were amplified while others were diminished. Sophomore Bethany McElheron stresses about the workload. The workload's a lot more and on top of that, there's like sports and other activities that I have. So I was just nervous about getting things done on time. And it's a lot harder to learn online for me. On the other hand, Reeves and Moon are anxious about social situations. I think it's a really big school. So sometimes I worry about like not having friends or like just making a fool of myself. What if I didn't like my classmates or they didn't like me? Similar to Web and Link coordinators adapting orientation to fit online, Teachers have been adapting their own curriculum. Spencer Elliott, a DHS English teacher, has accepted that he will not be able to work through all of his usual material. More writing and less reading, because writing is a tangible product that students can submit. In the future, Web and Link programs are planning more events to check in on and create a sense of community within 7th slash 10th graders, respectively. Emerson Web Coordinator Jennifer Terra plans on having events throughout the year, while Diaz plans for the return of in-person instruction. And then we also plan on having some tutoring available. We want to do some things like have maybe a Netflix movie night where kids can gather in a room and watch a movie together. So we plan on having stuff throughout the year. We do plan to have an orientation when we actually do come back in person. For BlueDevilHub.com, this is Jihan Moon reporting. The news cycle is produced by the Blue Devil Hub in collaboration with the Davis Enterprise. Katrina Hawes and Jihan Moon are the producers. Our theme music is by Daniel Ruiz Jimenez. Thanks for listening. See you next week, Davis.